Today's daf is daf Lamid Aleph, page 31 of the Hidgim Masechus Kedushin. And we pick up on the bottom of Lamid Amud Beis 30b. And we are up to the very bottom, Tonu Rabbanon, which is three lines from the bottom of the page. Get ready for a wild, beautiful, Ooh. fascinating daf. Three lines from the bottom with a tremendous focus on Kibud Av Ve'im, the laws of honoring, respecting one's parents. There's three partners to a person. And both parents. All of them are equal partners in the creation of every human being, which means, listen closely, right from the get-go, every human being is 33% related. We share... We share one parent. Yeah. yeah, we all share one parent. The question is the other two. And when a person honors and respects his parents, you respect your parents? Oh, I'm part of that relationship too. It's like you are respecting me. It says in the Torah, thou shall respect his father and mother. And then the Torah switches. And it says, Ish Then it puts the mother before the father. You should, your mother and father, you shall fear. So when it comes to honoring, it says, respect your papa and your mama. When it comes to fearing, it says, respect your mama and your papa. The reason why Kedush Baruch did like this on purpose. It's known before him. Generally, children respect their mother more than their father. Mipnei, because <coughs> top of tomorrow's da- top of today's daf bidvarim because mothers are generally more soft with their words, so they're a little easier to get along with. The fathers are a little tougher. Therefore, in the pasuk it says, "Respect your father and your mother," because our nature says we'll naturally respect our mother more than our father. So God puts of it first. Oh, no, 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 no. You got to respect them equally. Even though each one is different. A father plays a role, a mother plays a role. Different roles. The God of also knows. Generally, uh, children have more awe and fear of a father who's harsher than the mother. Because the father's responsibility is to teach him Torah, which means teach him how to live. Teach you how to live. A mother's responsibility is to bake cookies. Yeah, give, give the kid a hug, take care of him. So you naturally respect that. The father's responsibility sometimes is to be the type of person you don't want to be. Sometimes as a parent, you got to be, a, you got to tell your kid, you know, you're stepping out of line. Therefore, when it comes to, to fear and awe of a parent, the Rebbein Shalom says like this, and the Torah says, you should fear your mother and your father. Your mother and father, you shall fear. Again, bring the mother before the father to let us know that we have to have equal amount of respect an equal amount of awe for both parents. Tani Nachman. It was taught in the price of under Nachman. When a person causes tsar, causes pain to his mother and father, it's a good thing that I'm not over there. Yeah? Because if I would be there, it would cause me tsar. Say the Mepharshim, what does that mean? It's a good thing I'm not there. I just thought, I thought you were one of the three partners. Yeah? I thought, uh, I thought you were one of the Shleisha Shutzim. See, the Vart's like this. The Vart is, listen, it's the responsibility of the parents. But ultimately it's the Bechira, it's the free will of the child to decide to do. Am I going to honor? Am I going to fear? 
when a child is chutzpahdik to parents, what that child is saying is, you're not my parents. I don't respect you. Now, you, you can't always say that. It happens to be that psychologically, psychologically, we have to know that when our children have chutzpah to us and they argue on us, that's actually the greatest proof that they consider us to be their parents. Because if my kid was in your house and had chutzpah, what are you going to say? Get out of my house, you little whippersnapper. What are you doing in my house? Right? Therefore, my kid will not have chutzpah to you. The fact that my child has chutzpah to me shows that they feel safe enough in their relationship, secure enough to have chutzpah. So in a sense, in a sense, there's, there's something to it. The Bali Musr say a fascinating thing. Also, a little bit on this theme, a little bit, upon this, uh, a little bit along this line. If your kid lies to you, if your kid lies to you, you should know there's silver lining there. Because if your child doesn't care about somebody who thinks about him, they feel no need to lie. If my child lies to me, not an excuse to do an Avera. It's an Avera to not tell the truth. A child's lying to me. What they're, what they're also saying is, I care so much about hurting my relationship with my father that I want to lie so I don't hurt that relationship. There's a silver lining that means they care about they care about their relationship enough that they're going to go to that doesn't excuse what's wrong. But we have to get into the you have to realize the the, the background of what's happening. The silver lining to be uh, to be found over there as well. But over here, what the Gabara is saying is, is is taught in front of Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman says when they, you raise a child that uh, doesn't ha- you know doesn't treat his parents like parents, Shachadus Baruch who leaves the house. And he says, you know why I left the house? Because he doesn't keep that. You know, Baruch Hashem, I'm not there. This kid's not going to be held accountable for being chutzlik towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Amar B'Yusuf. Kol Avera B'Seser, somebody who commits an Avera in secret. Now, why would I commit an Avera in secret? So I want to mention two primary psychological reasons why I would commit an Avera in secret. One of them is positive and one of them is negative. The positive way to commit an Avera in secret is because... You don't want to drag anybody else down. I care enough about, do, uh, about the right thing that if I'm not going to do the right thing, I'll do it privately. I don't want to get chil Hashem. I don't want other people to be influenced by, by, uh, by something wrong that I'm doing. So I'll keep it private. That is what we'll call a positive secret sin. There's other times people keep their sin secret and that is because they're scared of what people are going to think about them. Which is also saying psychologically, I don't care what Akadosh Baruch Hu thinks about me. I only care what people think about me. I'll sin secretly. What God thinks, bleh, I don't care. So that's terrible. That's terrible. That, that's, that's what we call krum. That's twisted. A person does it secretly because they're worried about their external image. Again, if I'm sinning secretly because I don't want to cause a chil Hashem. And I don't want to pull people down. But I know that I have a Yitzhahara, Beseder, Gewalt. No, better off that way. But if I'm sitting secretly because I'm a faker and I'm a hypocrite, says the Gemara, that's what we're referring to. Let's go back inside. As if you're pushing away the feet of the Rebbeinu The heavens are my, is my throne. The Haaretz and the globe, planet Earth, is where I place my feet. And the Rebbeinu says, oh, you care about others, but you don't care about me? Oh, so you're saying I don't exist. It's also another halacha. It's forbidden to walk bekumas kufa. Kumas kufa literally means an erect posture. What we mean over here is as follows. It doesn't mean that you need to be hunched over. 
Yeah, and 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 mamish uh, to go back. What it means is, don't walk. Or, some people walk around. There's an air of arrogance about them. Their nose is a little too high up. Yeah, they're a little deep, right? They got a little too much swag and uh, swaddle in their step. That's what it means. A person should walk around bakumas kufa. Shinamar malaychal artskvay. The rebbeinu shalom fills the whole world. You don't walk up the rebbeinu shalom, which is everywhere with swag. You, you're standing in front of, of of an entity bigger, greater. There's, a, there's an air of humility. It's the air about the person. I have a thing about, you ever see guys who put two hands in their pockets? Guys who put two hands in their pockets. With, uh, with the back backwards. I am, yeah. Yeah? A little tough, a little tough over here. Rav Huna Breder of Yeshua, like Maski. That's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing, right. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't literally mean, what Yale's pointing out is, it doesn't necessarily have to mean an erect posture. There's other ways. There's, there's plenty. It's telling, it's telling us we shouldn't have an air of arrogance around the, about a person, and it can come out in various ways. He never walked four amas without a unco- with an uncovered head, which is the source for a yarmulke. He says the shin is above my head. This is the Gemara right here, where a yarmulke comes from. You know what yarmulke means? It's an acronym of two words. Yare Malka, to fear HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why do we wear a yarmulke? To remind ourselves that there's a Rabbani Shalom on top of us. We are not in charge. Rav Huna, Yeshua, would refuse to walk four Amas. Is what it says in the Mishaburi. Shouldn't walk, shouldn't walk around four Amas without an, with an uncovered head because it's a constant reminder of humility. It's a reminder there's something greater and bigger above us. Shol ben Almanachas, Rabbi Eliezer, those son of a... Widow who asked a Shaila to Rabbi Eliezer back to keep it up. My dad says, Give me water. My mother says, You know, my dear sweetheart, I am thirsty. I would like a drink of water. Which one should I give to? Which one should I give to first? Rabbi Eliezer says, You could leave aside the honor of your mother. And first, you pour for your father. Because you and your, because your mother as well is responsible for the honor of your father. Okay, which is a very powerful and important point when it comes to roles in marriage. Yes, there's a ksuba. A husband absolutely has the responsibility to respect his wife, attention, affection, appreciation, to take care of her, support her, be be the rock, uh, uh, be the rock of the house. There's also responsibilities on the woman to make sure that her husband is, is uh, treated honorably. That's her responsibility as part of the marriage. And therefore, Rebbe tells the son, you take care of your father first, because your mother also is responsible to make sure your dad's taken care of honorably. He came in front of Rebbe Yeshua, and he said the same answer, he said to him, Rebbe, my Rebbe, Nizgar Shemahu, what happens if your parents are divorced? Fascinating question. Your parents are divorced. Your mother has no responsibility to your papa anymore. Get ready for this. Halacha Lamaisa. Omar Lehi says to him, First of all, I see that your question is hypothetical because I could see from your eyes that you don't have a father. I see you're, you're an orphan. You're a widow. You've been crying a lot. So your question is not a practical question. You're asking me hypothetically. So it's an interesting little thing that he's throwing in. There's a reason why the Gemara is telling us this, uh, by the way. Okay? But he says, I'll tell you, if, bo- if your parents are divorced and they both ask you to do something, the halacha is, I'll translate it literally, then I'll tell you what he means. 
you could bring the pitcher of water, put it down, and let them fight over it like chickens. What it means in, in halacha is it, you could choose. Practically speaking, if they're, if they're divorced, if your parents are divorced, they have no responsibilities to each other, your mother asks you, your father asks you, you could choose. You could choose which one, uh, which one you're going to give to first. There's never an excuse to show a lack of respect to a parent. That, that we're not saying. But when both of them are asking for something and they're divorced, and then they have responsibility, this is what the Gemara is coming out, but this is how we Paskin, I believe, that the, it's up to the child to choose which one to, uh, to be mechaber. And this is, as we know, a maisa bechol yoim. Daily occurrences. Yeah, daily occurrences. Parents are divorced. They ask, uh, you know, they both want their yeshiva bachar son, their, their daughter to come to them for yamtiv and chves, whatever it is. At a certain point, there's a, you know, there's, there's a problem. And it's the, 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 the child is put into these constant situations where you're, uh, you're um, having to choose between which kibbut comes first? Tarash Ula Rabbah Pischah Dabay Ula Rabbah the Great Ula gave a drosha at the entrance of the house of the Nasis. They were having a whole gathering and they asked him to give a drosha. My Dixim, what's the pshat? Why did it say in the Pasuk? Yaiducha Hashem Gomachi Aretz. All of the kings of the earth will know Hashem. Kishamruim Repicha, because they heard the words of your mouth. Maimarim Repicha, the number doesn't say the, the, it doesn't say the word. Of your mouth, it says "ela imrei ficha," number of words. It's multiple, plural. At the time that the Baruch Hu said, "Anaichi Hashem lekiachia," I am Hashem God. The first of the Ten Commandments, and "Vlayi alecha," you should not have. Don't be unfaithful. Don't have other gods. The nations of the world said, "The Kavod Atzma Yudayresh." Oh, you know why God wants you to respect Him and no other gods? Because He's arrogant. He's selfish. Doing it for His own kavod. But when you keep going and it says, Rabbanshom says, no, 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 respect your father and mother. They went back and they said that, oh, the reason why I need to respect God has nothing to do with the selfishness. You know, I don't even know what to say. Like, uh, pathetically thinking like that. But it's actually sensible. Taka, the same way. One is responsible to... And it's it's human nature, and you'll see why this is a lead up to to a, 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 to an important story that we're going to come across. But it's it's very natural, it's normal, and it's important to say this in today's society because today's society norms have become not normal. It's normal to respect your parents. Everybody understood that until twenty years ago. Expected. For some reason, now parents feel they need to respect their children. Children need to respect their parents. And once they realized the nations of the world saw that mitzvah, they said, oh, the same way we understand by our simple logic that you got to respect your parents, well, why? Because they created us. They brought us into the world. Oh, so now, of course, so too with God. He brought us into the world, same thing. And this is basic common sense. Says the Gemara, common sense. The same way we know one is responsible to respect their parents. Rav says, We learn now from here, The beginning of your words are true. 
What does it mean? The beginning of, of your words are true, not the end of Hashem's words. Rather, what does it mean? As you keep learning along, this is a powerful message. When you keep learning along in the words of Tyra, you'll recognize the earlier parts are true as well. Okay, the specific situation over here is. The earlier ones are the first of the Asara Sadebris, the first three. And then you get to number four, I'm sorry, you get to number five. The first four have to do with respecting Hashem. Shabbos is number four. is number five. So from the beginning of the words, it's revealed that it's MS by moving, by moving along. And the same thing holds true. It's a fascinating and a beautiful concept every time we learn Torah. Sometimes we'll come across a Gemara and Tafyaymi, we come across a statement of the Chachamim, and, and it's just mind blowing. It's like, what? It doesn't sit right. It's like, what's happening? We'll be Kabbalah, we're going to accept it. Tyrami Sinai will accept it. But sometimes it just doesn't, there's like a piece missing. It's, it's a little unsettling, a little frustrating to the brain, which actually is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to, to work, have to work things through. But then you, you, you keep learning and you go, and then, and then you realize there's, you know, the word, we keep, the word that we keep going back to, there's a symmetry, there's a beauty. The more you learn, like, oh, Taka, that's, that's why the, all these. Halachas, on all these teachings, when you put them all together, they create such a beautiful and sensible uh, circle of, of how a Yid should live their life. Okay. Now that we explained, and remember this line, we're going to come to a beautiful vartsu. Beautiful idea. Now that we explained that the whole world understands the importance of kibbutz Ava'im, the basic logic of respecting your parents the Gemara now asks a question, which is, They asked Rav Ula a question. How far do I need to go to fulfill the mitzvah of Kibbut Ava'im? Now, how far can be understood in various ways? How far do I need to travel? How much money do I have to spend? What if there's abuse? Do I still need... What if there's not abuse? Just my parents aren't treating me nicely? How, how, to what extent? It's a loaded question. And again, as we said before, this Gemara, this is a Maiseh B'chol Yom. These are, these are daily, 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 daily occurrences, thousands and thousands and millions of times to many, many people. It's getting overwhelming. My parents are getting overwhelming. They're not treating me nice anymore. They're just... Short tempered, whatever it is. How far do I need to go? Omar Lahem Ravula said, Come and see when his name was Dama Benesina. Notice he wasn't Jewish, he was idolater. Lived in Ashkelon, lived in Eretz Yisrael. His name was Dama, the son of Nesina. His father was Nesina. One time, the Chachamim wanted to make a business deal. He was going to get 600,000 golden coins off this deal. This was the deal of a lifetime. The problem was, what the Chachamim wanted to buy was in a safe. And the key to the safe was underneath his father's head. And he refused to wake up his father to make this day to, to make the deal, and he lost out on all this money. Rabbi Feinstein says, obviously, his father 
and I'm, I'm not going to say it the way Ramesha said it, but the way it's brought out in the name of Ramesha is that obviously the father was Nishtan Gansen. What do you mean Nishtan Gansen? Nishtan Gansen means not there totally. Usually, if you know your father wants to be woken up for the deal of a lifetime, you're not, of course you wake him up. Right? You could say, to lack of Kibarav, the family is now going to be incredibly wealthy. Acham offered uh, to purchase something. Ramesh says, Kenzine, it's possible. The, 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 the father, let's say, yeah, whatever, whatever he had, whatever he had, whatever you want to name it. But he knew that his father wouldn't hop, wouldn't catch on the importance of the deal. And therefore, he, he refused out of respect for his father. He refused to take away his father's sleep. Yeah? Loss of money? So your father should be able to sleep. Now, How far do you go? Same story, with a little more in depth. What happened was, what they want to buy from him, so we have a little more details here. He had precious stones that were needed for the shoulder straps of the ephite. And they were very, very hard to come by. Unique. One in, uh, only, uh, you know, you can't find them around the world. So they wanted to buy it. The 600,000 golden dinners. And he gave this up. Ravuna said it was 800,000. Okay. He didn't want to bother his father. The next year. paid back. Dama Benesina. How did he pay him back? Listen to this. Shenodolai para aduma be'edrei. He had a red heifer born into his flock. Nichutu chachem yisrael asayi. They came running to him. Omer lehem yadani b'chem. I know about you. Shani mivakesh b'chem. Kol b'mu shabaylam. I could ask any money in the world. Atem nesunimli. If you guys don't want to be tummy mace, you're desperate for this. Only way for you to become pure is because of this animal. I could charge you the world. And you'll have to come up with a way to do it. However, All I'm asking for is the loss that I had last year. Look at this story. We want to know how a Yid should respect the parents. Look at a guy. It's not one of the seven One of the seven commandments of the Noahides is not to respect your parents. Somebody who has no mitzvah, no obligation, knows that this is what you're supposed to do. Mitzvah v'aysa lachas kama v'kama. A yid who's commanded to do this, how much more so? It's always greater to do a mitzvah when you're commanded, than doing it when you are not commanded. Okay. Two points. Point number one. Saw a beautiful word. Why? Chesidosh word. Which makes it even more beautiful. Why did the Rebbeinu Shalel, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu pay back Dhamma Benesina through a red heifer? Let him find the treasure. It's interesting. It's interesting. Had the Rebbeinu Shalel pay him back, red heifer is born at this flock. So I, I heard uh, when I was working in Camp Bunim eight, nine years ago. So they were learning the Sugi and Kedushin and Rabbi Howard, who's a ninth grade Rebbe in Farakaway, said over a beautiful vart. He's the runs Masvid the program there. He said a beautiful vart on this. He said that when the Gemara asks, "How far do you go to respect your parents?" and then it answered, "Go look at Dama Benesina." 
there was a tremendous kitrug, a tremendous prosecution against the Jewish people in Shemayim. You have a Gemara asking, how do you do a mitzvah? And you have to go to a non-Jew to teach me how to do a mitzvah? Really? And by the way, there's a lot of Gemaras about Rabbi Yechonon, his mother would walk on his back so that he didn't want her shoes to get dirty. He would mamish crawl along all fours to be mechabed. There's, there's a lot of an incredible Gemara we're going to see. Incredible Gemaras. But why we have no menacina? It's a big kitchen, big prosecution that we have to go to a, a non-Jew. So, what they're from the Satan. So, what did Baruch Hu do? The Baruch Hu said, Satan, hold your horses. Watch this. Dhamma Venesino is willing to give up money to respect his father. But I want to tell you something. Respecting your father, the whole world knows, is an obligation, is sensible. Watch my Yidin. I'm going to send a paraduma, the ultimate non-reason, the ultimate chayk, where people don't know the reason at all. And you're going to see the 600,000 gold pieces that Dumb Manasim was willing to give up for something that he understood. My Yidin will give up that same money for something that they have no sense of. You know why? Because they love me. And the different, there's a tremendous difference between Doing something because HaKadosh Baruch Hu says you should do it or doing something because it's sensible to you. When I do something because it's sensible to me, I'm serving me. When I do something because Rabbi Shalom tells me, I'm serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Arsameach, the Arsameach of, of Mayor Simcha of Devinsk. Yeah? He had, a, he had a Gabai. He had a Gabai. Then we're going to move right there. There was something that happened in Devinsk and the Gabai disagreed with, with the Arsameach. His own God, I disagree with him. So Sameach says to him, I now know you never agree, that, that you never listen to me. So his God says, Reb, it's not true. 99% of the time I agree with you. 1% I disagree, 1% I'm not listening. And uh, That means I He says, yeah. He says, this 1% is a proof that you know why you always agreed with me? Because you agreed with yourself. You thought it made sense. I'll follow Lord Sameach. Now, oh, the one time that I say something and you disagree with, you go, that's a right, you never did like me. I'm not your Rebbe. I'm not your Rebbe. You agreed with yourself. You had the same sheetas as me. That's what's happening here. You can have Dhamma Benesina creating a kitchen. You know why the Baruch did it? As a chesed to Klai Yisrael. He sent the red heifer. As a chesed, as a kindness to us. So that the nations of the world and the Satan and Shemayim could see that Ayid serves HaKadosh Baruch Hu because we serve HaKadosh Baruch we're willing to, to give the same amount for the paradigm of the ultimate chayk, the ultimate decree, the ultimate thing we don't understand, as opposed to, as opposed to only doing things that, uh, that we do understand. One last point, which we're about to focus on in the Gemara, and that is it's greater to do it if you're commanded. Some people are fascinated by this. You'd think it's greater if I'm not commanded, because it's a choice. The answer is, we, anybody who's ever uh, had a spouse, or somebody tell you what to do, an employer knows it's not true. The moment you're told what to do, you don't want to do it. The moment I choose to do it, oh, give out. So if I choose to take out the garbage because it's annoying me, so I'm, do, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. If I take out the garbage because my wife asked me to, you know what else is happening here? It's a beautiful idea. I'm building a relationship with her. She asked for something, I did it. When it's greater when you're asked to do something and you do it because you have a double game. 
Number one is you did the right thing. Number two is you built a relationship. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu asks me to do something and I respond, I've shown a relationship. I've shown I care about the relationship. When I do it on my own, I did a nice thing. I did a mitzvah. I did a nice thing. But did I show so much I cared about the relationship? Not necessarily so. Omar Yosef. Rabbi Yosef says, May Reish. Have Amina. In the beginning I used to think, People would say Allah is like Rabbi Yehuda, Damar Subhan Pater and Mitzvah, who said, Rabbi Yehuda Paskins, that a blind person is Pater from Mitzvah. Okay? A blind person, you can't see. You're not obligated in, uh, you're not obligated in Mitzvah. Okay? Avinu Tuvi Yumar I would make a holiday for the Rabbana. Yeah, he says, that's what I thought. Because Rabbi Yosef was blind. He said, oh, I'm off the hook from Mitzvah. Wow. You know how great that is for me? Now that I do Mitzvah, I'm doing it by choice. Ah, I should make a suda about the chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he absolved me from mitzvah, so now I can do such a great thing. However, um, now that I heard it, oh, no, it's better to be commanded than not to. The opposite, Fakir. If you tell me the Lach is not like Rabbi Yehuda, then I've been the YouTuber because I prefer to be commanded and it's not, I, I prefer to not be off the hook and have the obligation to be able to build this relationship. Dominicin was once wearing a silk garment um, that, was, that had gold embroidery. Now Dom Benicina was a, uh, he was a chash of a guy. Right? He wasn't some random guy. He was a wealthy individual, well connected. He was sitting amongst the great people of Rome. Uvasima, his mother came with karate mimenu and basically ripped off his clothing. Both of his parents, they were also nished, they, were, they weren't all there. The tafchalei alraisha, she bopped him on the head. Biyarkalei panav, she spat in his face. Vleyechlima, and he didn't respond. He didn't respond. Vleyechlima means he would, he refused, he refused to uh, to show her any sort of 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 shame. He let her do until she calmed down, and he let it. Yeah, a, bottom line, a great individual. So he's a good person. Tanavimi braid Rabbi Avo. Yesh Michael of the You could feed your father Pisyoni. Pisyoni are fatty, delicious, expensive birds that are hard to come by. The Tardai Minha'ilam. And this act is a terrible thing. You drives the person from the world. You could feed your parents all the delicacies in the world, and you know something? Eh. Garnished. We'll explain in a moment soon why. And you could have somebody who hires his father to work in his mill. He works him. And it could bring him to Olam Hab. What does this mean? What this means is the difference is not what you do, it's how you do it. A person who has their parents throws them out there Says, you know what? I'll hire you full time this. You get uh, three meals a day, fully catered. I'll give everything. But you don't show up. You don't call. You don't show respect for your parents. All you do is take your money to show it to them. You know what? It's a terrible thing, says the Gemara. You can have somebody who has his father working for him. But his father's in his life and he encourages his father. He respects his father. His father knows that he honors him and he cares for him. It's how you do it's not what you do. He's a little Nacha story. 
Mamish fulfills the mitzvah of honoring his parents. Avimi had five children who were all rabbis. Avimi, again, so he, he's, he had his father, Rabbi Avo, and he himself raised a mishpacha that Bliai and Hara was beautiful. When his father was elderly and would come knocking at the door, Avimi would run, Viyamar, in, in, Ademoti Hasam, and he would shout, Yes, yes, until he got there. You know, you know why he did this? You now he would shout, Yes, yes. So that his, this, the father's telling over the greatness of the son. See, sometimes you knock on someone's door and you don't know if they're going to answer, you don't know if they're home. The moment Avimi heard a knock, he shouted from his bedroom, Yeah, yeah! So his father knows he's coming. He shouldn't even have to wait and think and be concerned. Maybe I came for no reason. It's not only would he run to get the door, he, that those few seconds, he didn't want his father to feel like he's uh, maybe came unnecessarily. Yeah, he knew he was coming. He knew he was coming. Tata, I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm excited you're here. One day he said, you know, uh, can you get me a drink of water? nimnam. And when Avimi was bringing his father water, he came back, and his father was hopping a dinimu. Yeah, he fell asleep, you know. he's Again, they didn't have sinks in the kitchen, so he had to go to the well. He went to the well, he came back, his father fell asleep. Yeah, And Avimi stood right next to him until he woke up, so that, so that, the moment his father wakes up, he shouldn't have to call him again. So he stood right there to make sure he was, he was uh, there the moment he needed a drink again. And the, he had a siyata deshmaya. And he was able to give a beautiful drasha on, on uh, Mizmar la'asaf on Kapitel Ayin Tess. Okay. Apparently he didn't have a full explanation. But you see from over here, you want to be Matzliach and Taira? Matzliach and Taira? Do the Ratzon Hashem specifically with the midst of Kibbut Avei. When I come back from Yeshiva, my father gives me water and my mother gives me wine. What should I do? You hear this? He comes back from Yeshiva and his parents loved him so much that when he would come, they'd all, both his parents would run to give him stuff. Says my mother, my father would show up with water. Oh, your mom is back from Yeshiva. Here, take a cup of water, take a drink. And his mother would say, ah, take, take the wine. Hey, Chiyavid, which one should I take from? Which one should I take? Which one should I do first? Take from your mother first. Yeah, he says that there's no downside to taking from your mother. Because that's what a mother does. That's what a mother does. You know, I was going to say, if you tell your mother, if you tell your father, that I'm, I, I appreciate the, the water, but I'm going to take the wine that mommy made for me out of covered for you, out of respect for you. So then his father will feel better because the father will realize that my son, who's a Ben Taira, learning in yeshiva, still has covered for his father. Sometimes you have people who come back like, oh, now I've been a grace guy in Taira. Yeah, but yeah, Taka makes sense that my parents should, should drink, yeah, should give me water and wine. Yeah, keep feeding me, bring it on. You come back from yeshiva, let your father know your covet hasn't changed. Your mother's not going to feel like that. Your father, he, he, might, he, might, even take, he might end up feeling bad that, that you're letting him serve you. So you take from your mother. Okay. I, I love these Gemaras because it mamish trains 
molds our minds how to think through situations like this. Like, like what do you do? Two people pass, you ask for something at the table, two people pass it to you. Now what do you do? So you need to make quick cheshbonus. Like, which one? Right? You ask for a pitcher of water and your wife passes you one and your child passes you one. Yeah? So, uh, which picture? I'm going to let my wife pass me or let my son pass me. What are you going to do? Right? So what, what does Gomorrah teach us over here? You take from your child. And then you tell your wife, a mom should appreciate it, but to be able to be served, give the, give the child a mitzvah, you don't, you don't need to serve me. We have, we have children here, Baruch Hashem. Right? You're able to show a little honor to your spouse. So... When you have an opportunity to show covet to a spouse, you grab the opportunity. Not only for this, in general. In general, we should take every opportunity we, we have to shower our spouses with, uh, with covet and compliments in front of others and whatever, whatever we could do. And certainly our parents. Reb Tarfin had a mother to call Whenever she wanted to get into bed, he would bend down and she'd climb on top of him. She, he would make himself her step stool so she wouldn't have to step high. When she wanted to get out of bed, she would call him, and he would get down on the floor, she'd step on his back. And Reb Tarfin came back, and he mamish told everybody about it in the Bismedrash, about himself, which is also a beautiful idea. Yeah, He knew what he was doing was good. He made sure to share it with the Talmidim. You should know, this is, what, this is how your Rebbe treats his mother. Your Rebbe treats his mother. Uh, Amrilei, they said, "Adain legat lechatsi kibud." Yeah, klum zorka arni kibud finachal yam v'lay echlamta. Yeah, you should know there's even higher levels of kibud aveim than this. You know why? Because when your mother has to get in bed and out of bed, you want to get that, bend down, let her step on you, make her life more comfortable. Givat. You know what's even harder? When your parents take their money, throw it into the ocean, or take your money, any money. And you don't get upset about it. When you get hurt by your parents, and you're still showing them cover, that's a higher madrega than you're doing over here. If Yosef Kavashama called Karadima, and Yosef would hear the footstep of his mother, Omar, he would say, Let's stand up in front of the Shekhinah, for the Shekhinah is coming. Omar Rabbi Yechon says, Ashimi A person is fortunate for not having ever seen his parents. Okay, says Rashi, what does this mean? Rashi means, you know what this means? Avada, of course, every opportunity for a mitzvah is incredible and parents are incredible. But you should know how difficult it is to completely fulfill the mitzvah of kibbutz Abba'im. Everything has a trade-off. The more opportunity there is, the more of mitzvahs and schar and working on yourself, the more opportunity there is to not do. What, what if I do get upset at my parents? Ay, it's geferlech. Terrible. He says, a person would have a much easier time if he never knew his parents. Now, would it be a loss? It would be a loss. It would be a loss. When Rebbechim's mother was pregnant, his father died. He allowed love to Imai. And when his mother died, when he was born, his mother died. The same thing holds true with Abai, which the Gemara says that's not true with Abai. Abai really was orphaned from both parents. Now, the reason why we're bringing this down is because Rabbi Yechelen said, I'm fortunate, fortunate if you don't have parents. We're explaining where he's coming from. Rabbi Yechelen said, after learning these halachas, I never had parents. So he says, the extent that people need to go through to do this, he says, I'm better off. Uh, I feel now I'm better off than everybody else. Yeah? 
So Gemara says Abai also never had parents. Is that true? Baha, there's a famous Gemara, by the way, so to keep keep an eye on this because Abai is quoted also uh, all the time like this. Abaye all over Shas quotes his mother, and it's fascinating because it's not common for sages to constantly be quoting their mother. Abaye is all over the place saying, Amrli aim, mom told me. And he never had a mom. So what does he mean? Says the Gemara, Hahi Marbinsei Havai. You know who he's referring to? The, the uh, literally means the nurse, but his stepmother, the, the, the woman who raised him. So he always called her mother. Which is another lesson in Midos as well. Sometimes somebody's not my blood mother, but out of proper respect, if they raised me, if they raised my wife. You know, some people have a it's, a, it's a common custom, and I don't know where it started or how it is. I know the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, we have to respect our in-laws the same way we respect our parents. Keep it off of him, extends to, extends to in-laws. But I know that the moment I got engaged, the moment I got engaged, my father instructed me when I was calling my in-laws to wish them Mazel Tov within. He says, the first conversation you have with your in-laws, make sure to call them Mami and Tati. First conversation. This way, it's weird, but you broke the ice, it's already done. They raised your wife, they're your mother and father. That's how it is. And it's a covet, it's a covet, it's a way, it's a way to do it. Otherwise, when are you going to start, when do you do it? He told me, he knew the day I was getting engaged, as the first phone, you're going to talk to your in-laws, that you're, you're already calling them Tati and Mami, it's the end of story. So, that, that's how we refer to them, whether it's mom and dad, or whatever it is. Abai called, him, uh, called this woman mother, had a covet. Yeah, he, he, she raised him. She raised him. Or you raised me, you raised my spouse. So cover. Ravasi Ravasi had a had a mother who was elderly. She said, "Please, I would like some new jewelry." Okay. So he made jewelry for her. I want to get married. I want a man in my life. So he said, I'll I'll try. Nayan means I'll, I'll look into it. Yeah. Um, she says, "I want a good-looking husband." As good looking as you, my dear son. So Rav Asi left and went to, to Eretz Yisrael. Okay? Why? He felt that being near his mother was becoming too difficult to properly fulfill the mitzvah of Kibbut Aim. And once she was making demands that were impossible, he didn't want to come to sin. He didn't want to come to sin. So he, so he moved... So he moved. Now listen to this. Shama de Ka'azla Basri. Ravasi's mother heard that he left. So she said, oh, I'll follow him. I'll move next to my son. I'll move down to, you know, uh, she's living in Florida. Yeah, and she says, oh, her son moved to, uh, you know, moved to St. Louis. I'll, I'll leave Florida and move to St. Louis. I'll leave the promised land, you know. Shama de Ka'azla Basri. So here, also the commander of Yechanan. What is the Allah of I'm now in Eretz Yisrael? Can I leave the Chutzlarets? Omar Lay Asr. Rabbi Yechon said, You're not allowed to leave. You're not, the Allah is, you can't leave Eretz Yisrael unless there's unique circumstances telling you to leave. Likras Imam Mahu. He says, What if I leave Eretz Yisrael so that I could go greet my mother? Omar Lay in I don't know the halacha there. I don't know if that's enough. In other words, what he wanted to do is he didn't want to make his mother slap after him. So he said he's going to go back. He'll go back. His mother's coming anyway. He'll go back. Israch Porta 
uh, a little bit later, Hadar Asa, he came back, Omar Lay, Asi Nisratzes Lotzes, if Ravasi, if you want to leave, Hamakum Yaksirena Lisholim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give you a safe trip. Also, Commander of Elazar, Amalei Chas V'Sholem Doma Misrach Rosach. He says, you know, maybe Rabbi Yechanan was only saying that because he didn't want me to leave and he was upset. But maybe I shouldn't leave. Amalei, my Amalach, what did he say to you? Amalei, Amakim Yachshirena Lisholem, the Banshom should take care of you in peace. Amalei, Vemisa D'Rosach Le'avim Varech. He wouldn't have given you a bracha. Adahachi Vachi, Shamalarena D'Gasi. In the meantime, Ravasi heard his mother had passed away. Omar, he said, Iyadi, if I would have known that my mother was so close to the end of her life, Lai Nafki, I never would have left and gone to Eretz Yisrael. Okay, let's do one more Tanu Rabbanon. We've got three minutes till Menchah. Here we go. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis. Mechabdoi b'chai, mechabdoi b'maisai. You should honor your parents when they're alive and after death. Kibbut Aveim never stops. Yeah? Never stops. Says Gemara, b'chai of Ketzad. What do you mean in his life? If you, uh, if you hear that, that uh, in, in his lifetime, what it means is to mention the name of your father. Okay. So a person says, oh, you're, you're a yankul's son. Yeah, your uncle's son. Yeah. Uh, no, send me for my own sake. My Rooney bishvil atzmi. Go for that. Yeah, we say is you do me a favor, you know, by doing me a favor, your mom is showing respect to my parents. Showing to the family, Mishpacha. You bring in your parents as much as much as you can. But might say case, how do you respect your parents after death? If you quote your parents, you don't need to say you don't you don't say, Oh, my father told me. This is in the first year. This is where this expression comes from. When a person says, uh, when you talk about your parents, you say, My father is a chayyelabracha. My father of blessed memory. My mother of blessed memory. Here the Gemara says, of a life of eternity. Mention that as well. But uh, the reason why we bring that in is because of this Gemara. That, uh, that, uh, it, it, it's a way to give a title. It's a way also. To show, uh, to show proper covet to one's parents that we're constantly uh, respecting. Okay, we'll hold it here for today. Tomorrow we will pick up 9.30 a.m. Uh, not 9.30, tomorrow's Thursday. A little, little ahead of the game, a little too excited for a show. Yeah, we'll pick up uh, same time, 6 p.m. Central uh, with Tanara Banan. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.